episode 296. We've got some games. We've got some news. Uh, some of which we will be talking about tomorrow. So if you're here for the PVE roundtable, uh, you're going to have to wait. Uh, we do have that scheduled, so stay tuned for that. But if you're interested in some talk about what the shock are up to, why are they so poop? What, how are their infer Infernal doing so well? What's up with that? And God forbid the NA teams actually win. Who might actually win? You stay tuned for that. But that being said, Yiska, what are we up to? What's good? How are we feeling? Um, yeah, of course. You know, a little disappointed by this week. Mm -hmm. As we will find out, I think. Like, I would have already been disappointed by... Uh, before the PVE announcement. Sure. Um, which we'll get to eventually, but yeah, uh, mainly about the state of the league and how it expresses itself and the symptoms that we're now feeling and mm -hmm. resulting in maybe the lowest point in Overwatch League history in terms of uh, confidence in the product. So, yeah, not not too well. No. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that entirely. Um yeah, we will definitely get into uh, the the utmost reapage. I feel like we are are, are reaping a lot of the the problems that uh, I think we've been talking about for um, I'm gonna say six years. Um, I think you have probably championed some of the the bigger ones, but yeah, we've been we've been chatting some some stuff about the the problems with this league, and yeah, it's it's, it's reaping time. Um, yeah, and then the the whole PV stuff is definitely a a good old cherry on top of a, a crap sandwich to to put it lightly um but yeah it's uh it's it's certainly been a week it has been a week and my my therapist is just gonna have to hear about it um but as we get into these topics we do obviously have to give a shout out to those who you know support the show and make this possible um, so episode 296 is brought to you by Battle Crab, Refined Bean, Bronze Bob Buha, Picasso, Chris R3, 4444, Gosh67, Bullshit, Sammy, Rock, Rex Zane, Fallen Melon, Sugar High, and our YouTube members, I am DRW, Brother Adam L, Soggy Fumi, Ice Am Jello, Fire Element 6, AK, and Chris R. What a week. What a tumultuous, crazy, kind of upsetting week. It is, uh, the, the, I think the board that Yiska talks about like the 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 lowest end of the product. The more that my brain goes back to those last week games, and I'm just like, bro, what a world do we live in that a team is as stacked as the San Francisco Shockers performing as as poorly as they are. It is it is just what a what a it, it doesn't seem possible. It seems so ass backwards to me. Yeah, and the thing is, I'll. I'm not taking prisoners today, Joe. I'll tell you Yo. straight up. Proper is still the best player in the league, bar none. Of still he a is. tear break yeah. between him and everyone else. Like, if you actually look at representative stats and have semi-educated or or have people with educated opinions talk about them. Mm -hmm. It's it's not close. This guy doesn't die. He doesn't die early. He doesn't die within the first three fly, uh, like people that fall. Uh, he has the highest damage output 
at the same time, while his team is one of the slowest to take fights, mm -hmm. he has, I think, paired or second most high, uh, highest first kill uh, mm -hmm. among the elite traces. I think only Alpha Yi is higher. And I'm fairly confident, even though we don't have official stats about that, that he doesn't really receive whatever resources one perceives him to get. Like yeah. resources as expressed to... are more than... Admittedly, more than just healing numbers. Mm -hmm. um, it's also attention and space creation to facilitating goals that work towards him. Those are super hard to quantify via stats, right? Sure, of course. Rest assured, in everything that is semi-tangible and also the, in the opinion expressed by others... Mm -hmm. Just about the only thing you can say about what's weird about proper right now is the wild switching uh, of heroes and like not really crystallizing into one complete role as to allow maybe his DPS partner to be a mortal human being and grind into a role and perfect that because mm -hmm. he's just capable of being unreal on every uh, DPS pick that he chooses. He dragged a really underperforming uh, San Francisco Shock to a uh, reverse sweep. A reverse sweep of the New York Excelsior. That's where we're at. It is week three, and the San Francisco Shock, a team that we were all betting would just win the league, it wasn't close, it was first or nothing, is game five with New York. Yes. and That's where we're at. And I think we're at a point. It's okay. Um, there are several trends that one can feasibly argue here that I play. Mm -hmm. um, if you have some rep pattern recognition, you will realize that it's like someone is just about the only uh, Korean tank rookie that came into the league that had any good performance True. in this rookie year. Yep. Mac sucked. Kellen sucked. Max Janbin suck. They, they are not they're not outside that range yet. Let me tell you that. Yep, yep. Hey, granted, it's week three. I'm, I'm willing to, you know, I think there's room for them to improve this season. But let's call a spade a spade. What I've seen thus far from these these two kids in week one and week three, it wasn't great. Yeah, and I've got, I've got one of them hitting their head on the top of walls with winston they're swapping zarya in real odd positions they're just kind of absent on the point they're just kind of rotating in and out again seemingly kind of at random it, it just doesn't it none of this makes a whole lot of sense yeah there's there's just a lack of being on the same page mm -hmm. and once again like here i feel like you could be saying, like, okay, whatever pattern we recognize then, main tanks is taking hold. Um, maybe it's also about a lot of players living in North America for the first time and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Some of them are in their rookie years, or half of them are in their rookie years. That's a question mark. Um, that's all plausible, and I'm sure that has something to do with it, but there's also the unknown situation around their living situation. I actually haven't updated myself if they're still um in a in a less permanent uh, situation than they were previously 
But all of this, like the late fly-in and then into hotel life, and I think they had it on Twitter um, that they were only practicing at an internet cafe. I'm not sure if that's still the, the case. Um, my last update was that they at least don't have PCs on their hotel suites, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of players just derive their quality from their endless grind. Right? Of course, yeah. That's true in all of esports. Mm -hmm. um, if simple doesn't grind simple hours he's not simple mm -hmm. yeah um, and there's very few players in the Overwatch League historically yes. who are set to get away with very little hours of personal practice most of them need a silly amount of grind the best players in the league are known for the silly amount of mm -hmm. grind right after hours long hours of practice if you don't, can't yep. do this and I'm not saying that's necessarily the case. I'm not sure if they are allowed to just chill out 24-7 as they like in their practice area. Maybe that's the case. But something feels like beyond the other recognition and empirical evidence or trends that we have, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, uh, rookies, first time in NNA, uh, Korean main tank rookies needing more experience playing NA metas is, is the other pattern that we observe. Mm -hmm. um, if I feel like this is not enough to describe why a team as talented as the San Francisco Shock is currently battling tooth and nail against one of the bottom yeah. tier teams. It is yeah. that, that like the, there is something intangible Maybe the living situation has something to do with it. Maybe there are other reasons. Something is in the ether here that um, other you you would you would uh, like if if this happened to another team, we would be quick to oh, question yeah. the coaches. Mm -hmm. I think this is a coaching stuff where it's hard to we, really draw. We have like, too much if, ire. If people deserve the benefit of the doubt, yeah. it's this coaching stuff. Mm -hmm. So something is uh, is going on there, and uh, it's sad to see because, like, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a silly post Joe, but I think this is the only team that feasibly can be expected to get to the level of Atlanta Rain at any point in this season. Oh, um, maybe the Outlaws, but if, this is their meta, and it's that three one wasn't super <laughs> close. No, it wasn't super close, and that's that's maybe where I draw a line of distinction. And I think this this does tie to the shock in some some facets. So let me let me jump in here. I think I agree that the coaching staff for the San Francisco Shock probably deserve way more benefit of the doubt than I think the community is probably giving them. I have not seen too much like directed their way, but I can only assume that oh, you know, it's crusty is washed and uh, crusty this, and nobody remember about, remembers about nine k anyways. So you know. He probably gets to skate by this this uh, this this underperformance. Let's call it uh, pretty pretty carefree. Um, but I do think there is a pattern that you can recognize when it comes to Krusty's coaching throughout the time that he has been with the San Francisco Shock. They are bad at reading metas. Period. The end. Uh, it is not surprising to me that I can go into every week in a new stage and and just kind of guesstimate that the San Francisco Shock are either going to lose their opening game or it is going to be painfully close when it really shouldn't be. Now, 
pin that, keep that in the back of your mind. Another thing that we saw this week in particular, and it was pretty apparent to me from, I think it was the London game. Uh, London, yeah, London, Vegas, and we'll, we'll get to them. Um, and then obviously kind of replicating itself again with uh, Valiant and Florida as well. The meta is there is an internal pocket in NA kind of shifting away from monkey monkey. And there is more Ramatra. There is like this, this comfort when it comes to Ramatra or a lot of diva. Um, maybe, you know, Sigma seems more of like an off pick, but um, even some queen, even Junker queen kind of coming in, obviously not playing on the live patch that is currently on Overwatch 2. Um, but Junker queen still is seeing some play. It does feel like there are, there is this almost, I'm going to guesstimate half of NA that is playing almost void of Winston. And there's this other half that is still running with Winston is the predominant meta composition. It is standard. If you can't play it, you're cheesing, right? And the, the pro player mind um, there, there is this divide and it feels like San Francisco is late to the party when it comes to that divide. And they're having to relearn the meta all over again. So this is technically in, in crusty brain, and, and shock brain this is just week one all over again so it doesn't shock me on top of the living situations all this stuff and yes any any kind of like <laughs> any fan out there is listening to me and there's like oh yeah cope 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 no, no no i'm not coping i'm trying to explain how this could be this bad right i this is a poop team it is frustrating to watch them barely get across the line and kellen have to gift them a Rialto C9 missed shatter to see them actually cap. Or I think it was Havana, uh, if memory serves. It, it, it was it was a magical, all right, guys, here it comes. If it happens, it's gonna happen now. Like it it come on, right? This isn't cope. I I it is going to take a Herculean effort from one of the best players in overwatch history to lift this team back into relevance because as it stands right now it's dire it is dire and it's not surprising to me um to kind of circle back to your point about having kind of a stinky locker room yeah that doesn't shock me when you have finn last year looking quite promising you have vin dame coming in from i believe soul if memory serves um being kind of like a, a standout main support to this team that they look so much worse, so much terribly worse. It, it's it. None of this makes sense. And I think I've been very consistent on this show. If it doesn't make sense and the skill of these players that I think we can all say is is there. I don't think I, I enough like APAC and Korean experts praise Max and Junbin. And I've heard Vin Dame's name thrown around enough to support my own kind of eye test as well that I'm like, no, these guys are talented. It is not coming through in the gameplay. There has to be external reasons, right? There is reasons to explain this ones that it's probably not worth speculating on, but I mean, it's a podcast, so I'm going to wildly speculate. Uh, yeah, it does feel like a, a lost locker room. And I have to imagine that coaching a lost locker room is really, really tough. Is it necessarily their fault? Is it, is it logistics thing? Is it a meta thing that Krusty's kind of, I hate to get flowery with this, but like he's not somebody who I've ever thought was a great creative mind. He's a refinement mind. You know, I, I would trust rush with trying to figure out a way to make Dallas good. 
shocker that's also not happening in APAC. Um, but it's it it just doesn't. There's a lot going on. It feels like for shock, and it's it's very obvious when it comes to their gameplay because this is very piss poor. What do you think about the fan pattern recognition that shock starts out? Not very successful in season one. Pick up Violet. Win two. Fourth, <laughs> you know, so-so. Yeah. Fifth, final. Violet leaves. Mm -hmm. Team not great. But Violet's team, pretty pog. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I think... I think my opinion on Violet was pretty established when we saw him roll out on Cassidy on that Gibraltar, if memory, if if that rings a bell with anybody, um, where they had a DP. I think this was season four, if if memory serves. Um, pretty early on in the season, they've got Violet playing DPS for some ungodly reason. That to me screamed, okay, this kid is vital to the internal communication structure and like just overall confidence of this squad and if they can play him they will we know he's talented you know we we know that you know a lot of these pros have like off accounts and they can play you know off roll whatever whatever um it is a little cap it is a little troll uh but if it is that important to you that one of the best teams in the world is going to cons at least try to field him um in an off roll to maintain some of that intangibility Maybe there's something to that. That's kind of where mine, my mind kind of sits with that. Do I think that the Shock are doomed because they don't have Violet? Absolutely not. Do I wonder, you know, who is, how this communication structure is being led now? Um, whose responsibility is that? Is proper somebody who talks a lot? I, I don't know. We have a, a pretty uh, consistent history and I think any kind of esport that, uh, high mechanically intensive roles tend to either err on unicorns who can both be world beaters and communicate fine uh and the other half team seem to be completely mute and have a hard time even communicating simple things because their bandwidth is completely on you know the the, the inner minutia of the game um so i i do have to wonder how much he contributes i mean i agree i've seen those stats we got to love, send some love to Baroy for bringing back Winston's lab and showcasing some of these stats because yeah, it's not close. Um, it, it, that's, that's maybe the, the transmutation I can take away from the community aspect where it's like, oh, well, Violet's not here. I guess shock don't win. It's like, okay, well, are we saying that Violet is too good not to have, eh. I, I do think he's very talented. I do think he's maybe, you know, MVP caliber, but I think skill wise i think you know maybe a shoe there are people that you could grab to replace i think finn was a good you know replacement um when it comes to intangibility how much he's maybe led this team how much he can maybe communicate maybe you know is a motivator hard to say uh that's maybe where i would i would you know that, that's where i would be more agreeable let's say sure yeah yeah i I just don't. I hate. I hate to chalk it up to. Well, guys, I don't know. Violet's not here no more. I guess they just lose. Like I don't know. That one seems a little shallow. Yeah, no, but it's. I think it's fair to just assume that it was probably a pretty big departure. Um, sure, sure. It's also totally fair to think that maybe, like the perceived 
uh, loud voice mm -hmm. in the locker room isn't necessarily the one that holds back progress. Mm -hmm. Maybe facilitates it with definitely demanding excellence, right? And yep. having yep. like a notoriously high high drive to succeed, right? Like mm -hmm. Violet's Violet's drive, I would love to see in other goat candidates, and it. I think it's ultimately the reason why he gets it. Yeah, I. I mean, I think. Uh, I think if he has a good year and the Houston Outlaws continue on this track, I think he's pretty. Uh, I think he's got all but the key uh, to the door of the goat candidacy because yeah, uh, the Soul Dynasty and Prophet, God bless him. He's uh, he's been the front runner for six, seven years uh it's it's tough to well i guess not six seven more like five but um it's it's hard to really kind of keep that status when you know violet has been consistently on top um for this long again houston still have to kind of wrap it up give it to him but he's on track i would i would wholeheartedly agree the one thing i'm a little uh, bit concerned about for him this year okay is I think the OU Snoutlaws are pretty clearly the second best team in the league. Yes? Well, yeah, probably. Infernal? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that was that was kind of like my meme answer like, "Oh, yeah, but the Infernal scrims." Oh. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think gun to head if I had to answer, yeah, I think Houston is probably the only team to really kind of compete and obviously we saw that head to head. It wasn't fantastic. Um, Definitely a confidence booster in my mind, but yeah, I think they're the only team to hold a candle right now. So, like, even just let's not let's not look at playoffs just yet, but even the midseason. Mm -hmm. Sure. Not only is the outlaws in the head-to-head -head looking like the underdog in most cases, I think if you run that best of five ten times, they don't win more than one or two of those against uh, rain as i saw this game yep. right yep 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 that's one problem for them but there doesn't appear to be anyone else capable in the bracket of taking games of rain either right by by viable matchup or whatever it is happening mm -hmm. so for for the outlaws to win something especially in a matter where they don't totally look lost but rather have their ace player fearless in his mm -hmm. on his most uh, important pick, and where honestly, like we have to commend them for that, have a pretty sweet DPS line that actually picked up the tracer pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, it's not ideal for this roster in terms of DPS lineup, but it's far from a problem. I I just wondered like what needs to happen for them to be able to catch up. Or for, for anyone to else okay. to catch up and eliminate rain for them, so they can beat what whatever you know the the rain killer is. I'm not sure w which paths you can run here as Outlaws to a championship. Uh, it's 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 difficult even when you when you remove the Outlaws from the equation and go okay. If I had to build a team to battle the rain. I genuinely don't know if you can. And if you could, it would be a, a piecemeal patchwork team of like very particular players from all across the league, right? You would need somebody like someone from the Florida Mayhem that can 
run from Ramatra to Winston and look seamless, look very talented, very good. Um, the the big question for me is for most teams because obviously nobody can really compete with Lip on Sombra. It's it's I, I made this joke in our community Discord while we were watching Pro Am that the second best Sombra in the in the tournament for Pro Am was Trick Room's Pummy, uh, and then it was Fitzy is here, the the famous Sombra one trick streamer, and then it was most of the people who you think uh, are good at Sombra. Um, very few people are actually capable of challenging him. Uh, I've been very critical of Happy. Had my opinion changed, and it still isn't uh, to the degree that Lip is just dumping on on the the Overwatch League. Um, while you, you, that's that's the the conundrum is that you can have such a talented Sombra in a Sombra, you know, you know, viable meta, um, while also still having hit scan picks be very viable and that package can still play them to some of the highest level um that's a very very rare player um it, it it's it's very difficult to to kind of hold a candle to that i would say then on top of that you have stalker who is probably quickly becoming one of the best tracers in the overwatch league bar none period the end um and then you have a championship championship backline um who is absolutely bulletproof um and god forbid you have to play double flex and you bring out vigilante right like at least in this meta it's tough to really hold a candle you need you would need a a very particular counter strat to like shut down lip um and i think outlaws kind of have the the makeup to do that like i'd love to see happy on more hanzo I think at this point, I'd like to see as as maybe heretical as this is. I'd like to see what the team looks like with more gargoyle in the starting lineup. Maybe playing more diva. Maybe playing a little bit more ram. I I think there is something there that could at least throw Atlanta a different look that they aren't just kind of like running you know the gambit on you. That's kind of where I would want to to see Houston and Junkbuck approach this from as we get farther along. But yeah, when it comes to midseason as it stands right now, it is, I mean, what do you do? It is, it is near impossible. You would need, and even the attack vector, the attack vectors that I had coming into the preseason aren't necessarily like paying out, right? Or at least it's, it's hard to kind of tell if they are struggling at the tank rotation because Donghack and Hawk seem like they're sharing playtime and it, the team really isn't missing a beat. Like, yeah, Houston might just be able to flex fearless on control maps. Shoutouts to RD and Overwatch charts for kind of piecing piecing together this model that kind of showcases how strong both Winston and Houston are on these control maps. Obviously, the only map that they won. Um, and, I mean, for my money, kind of only map they look really competitive on. Um, hey, yeah, no, it's, it is, it's a tough, it's a tough build to, to kind of tackle the rain right now. Um, I, I don't know if matching, matching their style, um, is, is the right, right counterplay. I think I'd like to see them branch out a little bit. I'd like to see a little bit more Hanzo to try to get lip off the Sombra. And even then it's, it's tough. Cause obviously you want to, you still want fearless on Winston. It's, it's tough. I don't know. I, there isn't a clear answer, at least not one that's been blueprinted as of yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, it's. I kind of like it. 
because this creates a pretty clear narrative. Um, yeah, I'd say so. I think it's also going to be interesting what it looks like after the patch, um, mm -hmm. depending on what we're getting. I think True. if we do get a Junkrat Queen meta, that is one that is very distinctly different, that promotes very different type of teams. Yep. Um, so that could be transformational. But for now, we're in a pretty good spot, I think. Um, once again, definitely personally like the decision to stick with this patch and see it out. Agreed, yeah. Um, yeah. But by the way, just quickly on shock, if you think that they are not good at adapting it to metas, do you think they'll just towards the end now, like they get their bearings and improve rapidly? Normally, I would say yes. I would say, yeah, this is about the time that Shock kind of gets it together. But with the late, what I'm guessing, and this is a guess from the increase in Queen, Ram, and Diva usage that we're seeing from week two into week three from all teams, um, barring APAC, mind you, because I think just the deviation between the two teams is, or the two regions is creating like their own meta pockets, like it always has. Um, I would normally say yes. This is probably the time where you know week three is where Shock probably gets it together. They find their sea legs within the meta and they you know look completely in form. That isn't the case, and that's where I have to err on the side of caution and point my finger towards extemporaneous circumstances. Right? I don't even know if that's the right word, but we're gonna run with it. Um, orbiting circumstances, right? Like not being in great housing the players maybe being a little checked out because they can't necessarily practice all that well. I, I do think that does affect you. I think it's obvious that it is affecting them because I don't think you just magically have talent vampires sap you of your energy. Um, yeah, I think this team is a, a little lost in the sauce. And if they can't get it across the line versus the Justice and they need a hope and a prayer to go to game five versus New York... I'm not going to lie. I've chalked it up for him for, for mid season. I don't even know if they go at this point. I think they, I, it might even be, it might even be tactical. <laughs> it might even be a tactical advantage for them to not go to try to make the best playoff stand possible. If it's really that bad. I, 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 that's where we're at with the shock right now. Like, I don't know if going or if trying as hard as you possibly can right now is ideal. You need to, really take a hard look at the mirror in the mirror and uh figure out what the problem is and i don't think flying to korea is going to help that problem that's the problem actually because if you don't make mid-season and true i mean yeah I it's a double edge for sure. i don't think any of their players are world cup players correct uh well we know proper isn't um i don't think so no you then have seven weeks of break mm-hmm are you really not going to let players fly home for that? Are you just going to buckle down in your potentially not like situated uh, environment? Also, are you really I going to continue eating these hotel costs if you're still in the <laughs> hotel? I would certainly hope that Andy Miller and co. can figure out what is going on and get these kids in a home, in a house, get them, get them you know, acquainted with the area. Um, and I think I would have to imagine the conversation then becomes, this is what we need to do to win. 
if the end goal, if the reason why we were we are here is to become world champions, midseason doesn't really matter. We we understand that we made mistakes. We understand, you know, there are things out of our control that have, you know, severely dampened our play. We can't control those. What we can control is what we do at the playoffs, what we do in the second half of the season. Maybe, maybe that can kind of regain the classroom. If if the analogy makes sense, right? If if the classroom is lost, there's really not much a teacher can do. You need to like somehow reach and get to the heart of the problem, both of the problem and the players to like try to grip them again and, and, you know, get everybody back on the same page because it does seem like a lost classroom at this point. It does seem like a stinky locker room. Um, if they, uh, yeah, I, I like the analogy, like you said, if this was any other team, uh, I think I'd be throwing, throwing apples and pears and, and, and all kinds of rotten tomatoes. But um, because this is such a, uh, a talented roster and a talented coaching staff, I, I do, I do cope a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Not as much as I think. And this is, this is another kind of meta topic. I think there is just so much anti cope going on where everybody's like, no shocker shit. We knew they were shit from pro-am y'all are capping. Oh, it's, it's because proper didn't have his Wheaties the right way. And the temperature of the room, like, come on. Okay. It's gotten a little out of hand at this point. The team is underperforming. They are poop. Everybody understands that they are not good at this point. Um, I think we are lying to ourselves if we think that this team is not like good uh, or has the potential to be good. They're just not doing anything uh, to or they're not doing anything with that potential rather. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Mm. I'm I'm not completely sold. Um, I, I think a new patch, some fresh set of eyes, maybe with a nice break depending on what these players like. Cause, cause that was kind of my natural reaction to what you were kind of like raising an eyebrow to was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe taking a break is going to be worse for this team. I, that's, that's tough to say. Right. But as it stands now, and do you look at the shocks week four matchups? It's against Houston. It's against Valiant. Ah, you, you're probably not beating Houston. Yeah, no. Are you beating Valiant? Yeah. I'd hope so. I I I'll say yeah, you probably do, but is it without taking a beating, taking a couple bruises from the guy seeker and paintbrush? <laughs> like oof. that's that ain't that ain't nice. We don't like that too much, now do we? What what if if justice is just good? I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're particularly good. I mean, they haven't really been tested yet, right? Like, other than, I, I guess they got schlopped by Boston, right? Um, They played Vegas. They played London. Yeah, Boston's probably the only one. And, yeah, they've been kind of coasting a little bit. Obviously, they lost to Houston this week. Um, Next week, they don't play. Week five, they play New York. And then they play Glads. That's the kind of troubling part is, like, their their matchups are either way too high or way too low right you know what i mean where it's like yeah but, are you beating glads eh, probably not as much as i was poo-pooing on glads in the preseason they've kind of come out and shown that they will just put people away um they are a little bit of a knockout artist as much as i don't think they're like macros all there but i don't think very many teams have great macro right now so it, it they get to hide a little bit um yeah. yeah, I don't know. 
it's it's going to be hard for justice to be tested. Um, that's probably going to have to come by way of knockouts, and by knockouts I mean like the tournament, not like the analogy. Sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's that's, tough. That's a tough run. I still like congratulations to the justice for mm -hmm. really solid start. I think if they play like they played against Shock, also against Boston, that's a much more competitive series. Alfie is crazy. Um, he do be crazy. I yeah, I think that's that's all really positive. I I, I think like also they have a reasonable amount going for them. I hope uh, J Max, um, Alfie pros, of course. Yes, of course. Don't want you know. Let me let me quickly voice. I don't really understand what's going on there. Like yeah, what yeah. what what is what is wrong with your health healthcare system, Joe? <laughs> what is wrong with it? What's right with it? Let's put it that way. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface what I'm about to say with I hope J Mac is healthy. I hope he finds health and is recuperating at home and i wish him nothing but the best i think that there's more to read in between the lines there um it doesn't shock me after what happened with vegas that you know maybe there's some questions maybe it's in his mind maybe it's from the team um that you know is is it really working out is it, you know, is he still wanting to do it? You know, I, that's the feeling that I get from it, that it's not just like, oh, shucks, guys. We, I got I got the pneumonia and I can't go to the doctor. That to me seems like a little too far fetched to believe that like. Mm. I think like it's not. I, I, I don't know. It can be something that. I think like, it's in between, right? It's a little column, column A, little column B. I feel like if you're already like super high stress and you've sure. got to run a life here. And you really want it, and your healthcare professional doesn't speak your language, and you are also not able to mm -hmm. be supported by your family in in mm -hmm. those situations. I think that can take a toll, and also like, as psychology is part of your uh, regeneration. <clears throat> pathway so to speak um mm -hmm. yeah i think there's there's a world where it's all or I, I think it's very likely actually that uh it's it's just a situation where he probably will still contribute i think like amas and um jmac had a long-lasting relationship mm -hmm. um already going back to Paris Eternal. So I don't I don't think that there would be or it's likely that there would be any infighting. Um so but yeah no, it's it's it, a really yeah, it doesn't scream in, 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 in any odd. other in any other scenario <laughs> my bullshit alarm goes off. Right? Like yeah. let yeah, me yeah. just say that and let me just say I have haven't asked anyone about context or anything, but mm -hmm. like no, like once again, we're back to pattern, pattern recognition where I see something like this pop on, up on socials. Yeah, there's probably something there, but it's probably very convenient. Yes, I think it is a it is a convenience thing. It could be also a cost cutting thing as well, where it's like, okay, yeah, you want to go home, that's fine, but we're not going to pay you. You're just going to have to go, home. and 
you're going to have to go. Like, we're not going to be able to do that. We're, you know, if you can't be here in office, we're just going to let you go. If you want to help, that's fine. You can, but we're just not going to let you, you know, go home and recoup and then bring you back. You know what I mean? Just as our, let's, let's call it what it is. They're on a budget. Um, mm -hmm. That wouldn't shock me either. Right. I think it is my, my bullshit meter pops off when it's, oh, he's just sick guys. He's just, he's just going to go home and he's, he's just off the team now. So see ya best, best wishes. It's like, huh? That's weird. Okay. That doesn't seem like the full story. You said the budget word, Joe. I did. I said the B word. And this is where I think I have to get on my soapbox. Oh, is um, it? <laughs> am I wrong? Are they not on a budget? Or are they just no, no, money? they are. But oh, okay. And I like to me. And this uh -huh. is not. This isn't about the Paris Eternal. This isn't about Avala. This isn't about the practice mm. of signing five players. This isn't even particularly about Drew McCourt and his spending um, strategy with the Paris Eternal. It's not necessarily about the head office of the league that facilitates a an economic environment while holding all the broadcast rights to mm. not create a lucrative product. It is maybe more so about um, a company that has a reputation that doesn't allow sponsors to leave dollars here. Mm -hmm. But to me, seeing Avala having to play this game is the lowest point in the Overwatch League history. Never once yep. was... And of course, everyone realizes that when you, they see five-man rosters, people mm -hmm. get sick people and I'll talk about uh, why this happened more later this was going to happen to see it happen like this is brutal and it is brutal in the most cynical sense right because yeah, yeah. look at what has to go wrong in order for that situation to occur mm -hmm. you have to have a league where ownership is so jaded that going mm -hmm. cynically minimum is possible, where you only yep. have five players, you do not have a sixth player to uh, get on to on your roster. Yeah. You have to sign a general manager that never has been a professional player in the Overwatch League or is, mm -hmm. I mean, general uh, GM, I think. Um, and if that wasn't enough, like that could have all been fine. Right, like this is mm -hmm. not necessarily the the situation alone that facilitates this. No, this is a roster that doesn't have a team house. Yep. And therefore, it is very likely that at some point in the season, one of their providers that are where your facility isn't double uh, hooked up to two providers sure. that that could cover, that one of them won't have, have mm -hmm. internet at the time that you're playing. So there are. 10 up to 10 different parts of this industry that have to fuck up horribly mm -hmm. in order for this situation to happen yep and i'll tell you what joe i'm not necessarily sure if i'm not part of the tent for instance 
I'm not sure. I, like, there is such a systemic failure yes. on everyone that this can occur. Yeah. That it's like jobs were not well done. Checks and balances were not, not. provided. Um, no. We didn't po pitch an honest... Uh, an honest business with realistic no. expectations. We did nope. not collect... Um, Shout out Morgan Stanley. We did not collect uh, franchise amounts that were reasonable. Nope. Um, we did not estimate what it would cost. We did not es uh, accurately estimate how many people would care about this. Mm -hmm. We did not facilitate finding alternate ways in order to monetize this. We did mm -hmm. not allow teams to get a share of what I believe to be reasonable in terms of what their play provides as promotional value for the game of Overwatch. Mm -hmm. We uh, did not attract um, ownership that are endemic and can figure out how to monetize their brands by themselves. Maybe they shouldn't be able to be, or shouldn't have to be asked to do this, given that they have paid such a high entry fee. And given that yeah, right. the rights holder here has all the commercial yes. pathways in terms of broadcast rights, in terms of the, like all the rights of the, of the footage connected to it, um, the, the sponsorships, sponsorship regulations um the rev share generally all of that like the the burden is clearly there but for for them to then decide that it is okay to field a roster where this can occur mm -hmm. something so incredibly unprofessional just three years ago we've popped a lid if this happened in academy teams yeah, and yeah, it, it's, rest rest it's assured, bad. some of the academy teams were probably paid better as well. Oh, one hundred percent. Shout out Fusion Uni and maybe even Mayhem. So yeah. for all of this to nose dive this hard is mm -hmm. crazy, and we'll we'll talk about it tomorrow. But they like <laughs> then in the same week, the only mild hope for yeah. uh, for. A f you know, three to ten x on attention on this game gets killed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, effectively, like we we know that PVE is still coming. It is just a shell of what it should have been. It could have been what we were hoping it to be. Um, that's just not going to be the case. Um, and it is going to effectively just be again not to completely you know run through my points but um yeah it's just gonna be like a weekly haha fun thing that people will you know it, it will build very slowly um or maybe not even build but reinforce some of the fans that do um play the game i think there will be you know some of the itch scratched for people interested in like the story aspect and the non-competitive you know fan base um but it's not five years worth, right? No. Um, it's not. <laughs> it's not what was literally said and sold. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, well, I guess not fit. Not per, like 
by definition sold, but like it's not what was said, right? Not what was promised. And so yeah, it's 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 a it's a bad week here. And it's it's crazy to me. Like you know the 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 theory of the boiling frog, right? Nope. Like how you cannot throw a frog into boiling water and it won't like if you throw a frog in uh, frog in boiling water, it will just jump out immediately. But if you slowly increase the temperature on the frog, it right. will. They won't know. They won't. That's actually wrong. They will oh. at some point. They will jump out. Okay. Okay. Why are we not like the frog? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why is it that? Uh huh. We are really quiet about all of this. Are we? As a community, as pro players, oh, okay. as professionals running this, it like I feel like nobody really was too upset by this. It's just like ah yeah, you know. <laughs> I I think yeah that's that's I mean guilty as charged. I think I'm in that crowd as well. I think you can only raise so much attention and be. And this is not me like over aggrandizing like my position. I have I've not reported on anything. This is this is, you know, your domain. Um, but I, I think I've definitely raised an eyebrow and, and been very critical of the Overwatch League and Blizzard um on this podcast in the past. Um even in private. Obviously, obviously way more critical. Um historical fence sitter. Hello, it's me. Um, but I do have opinions and I think I've raised them when I do feel strongly. It, it it's tiring, right? It's like, yeah, it's a it's a clown fiesta here, man. It's it and it and it certainly just isn't getting better. So yelling and screaming about it just isn't it's just tiresome. It's just draining. Um and call it cope but at least it was kind of entertaining to see you know vegas come out and for luke mino to have like a a, at least kind of interesting hanzo performance and challenge london on thing on hollywood um it at least like was attention grabbing for a game that would have not been attention grabbing otherwise um and yeah no i agree it is it is an uh, it is an utter failure of the league for stuff like this to happen um and I'm much more interested in pointing fingers at the front office. I'm much more interested in pointing fingers at the sales team. I'm much more interested in pointing fingers at Drew McCourt um, for having a cynically low budget. Um, I I almost respect Chengdu more for just being like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just pulling out. Fuck y'all. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, at least you could do that. Um I I appreciate the opportunity, um, or at least uh, I I respect the the chance for some players to at least you know live out their pro career. Um, at least they're trying, um, and you know that's a thing. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I agree that this is a. It is a much deeper systemic problem. I think you shoulder negative burden. I think if anybody in this scene, you've done more to raise an eyebrow and try to keep integrity high, to try to question the office and and wonder, you know, where their brains are at when it comes to certain things. And and there's probably a lot of this stuff that is just beyond trying to whistle blow on. So there's, I hope you don't take that to heart. That like, oh, if I could have done more, then 
you know, maybe Avala doesn't have to play. I it's it's so far beyond what a group of people could do. I don't know that even if all of the journalists in the space or all the content creators were just like screaming at the moon, and it felt like a lot of us were, even back in 2020, when we're like, guys, get ready, we're going across the globe. And we're all like, this isn't going to work. This does not make yeah. sense. Please don't put players through this. Then it came to hero pools. Nobody wants Zoe's cat to draw hero bands. Please stop. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can say and do before it's like, all right, well, Zoe's cat's drawing hero bands. Uh, I guess I'm all is playing. Like, fuck it. Let's let's go crazy, right? It's it it's so beyond what what you can kind of do. Um, and no, yeah, I'm I'm out for blood when it comes to this. I I'd love to know why we're on YouTube. Um. I'd love to know if there was a yeah. deal. Um, they're very particular in not talking about if that's the case, and I can't imagine why. Look, that's um, that's another thing. Like, what what you just said, like, better to say nothing. Like, honestly, like, I, I read this, um, mm. uh, like, a couple of interviews with Sean Miller, and um, I think one was with Liz. There was another publication. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting you, but it was a good interview. Um, and... <laughs> In it, like, the one thing that stuck out to me was, like, it is overblown to say that this thing and Overwatch League is dying. This thing, I think, was... Uh, and I'm not just quoting better than, like, you can mm -hmm. find it. But this thing is, like, esports. What, what yeah, yeah. Made. Okay. Well, esports dying, probably overblown. True. Yeah. Um, Overwatch League dying, That it's fair to say that technically this is not the case. But I'm tired of semantic games with this company. Yes. This is not Overwatch 2, and this is not Overwatch League. No. At least not as it was initially sold to us. And it's fair to scale Yep. Uh, back, but we're currently in a really, like, there they they have to be some established thresholds of expectation uh, mm -hmm. for this, right? Um. And it's just really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. The viewership across content creation of Overwatch at large is back to normal levels. Yeah. Um, they like I I I think I even like despite like okay, I looked at Johnny Street and said cope. <laughs> I do agree that this is still one of the better it is, um, yeah. live service games as it mm -hmm. is running. I also think it has a lot of content. It does. Um, I think it will probably hold the attention of uh, of a lot of players. I mm -hmm. can't help but be biased towards um, the end goals of esports. Sure. I don't see it really moving the needle there, and I don't see what will, and I don't so, see how incremental improvements are enough. Yes, agreed. At least not in the immediate future. Would you agree there? Yeah. I mean, and the immediate future matters a lot, right? If, oh, I mean, yes, if you have especially teams, these days. Teams like in financial peril, everyone is mm. reporting record losses. Yep. The evaluations are going down. Yep. They are organizing under law firms. Yep. Incremental improvements towards a level that you already had probably in season one. Mm -hmm. And you can currently only dream of achieving again, even though I guess like there were certain benchmarks where playoffs were most watched, blah, blah, blah. 
But then the thing again, the game is still not available in China. Yeah. Like, what? Where's the hope, bro? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm really like, it, it, it's this ebb and flow of like that we've mm -hmm. gone through of like super droughts, and then yeah. oh, Overwatch Two is at the okay. There was always at least like in the far distance the smallest yes, of all carrots. the PVE. Give it to me. Give me the mainline it. There it was just isn't here. It's just not coming. Yeah, and like. Yeah, I, I also like it's just like you know like an a dating sim is not going to help the esport. I'm sorry. No, obviously not. Um, and a lot of and I think a lot of the PVE stuff was never going to really help the esport. The idea and the analogy that I've always brought up is like you're getting more people into the IP, and ideally you create a platform for them to translate at least a fraction of that increase into people who are at least interested in the esports side of things. Um, and it's funny we were, we're kind of talking about this now because I was speaking to somebody who is pretty familiar um, with the Blizzard side of the esport, of Overwatch League esports. Um, and, I, and I drew a lot of comparisons to how Riot has literally just beaten it into League of Legends fans that they should care about esports. Why do I say this? Because literally when you open the client to launch League of Legends, you are berated with esports all the time. Period. The end. We're lucky to get it in the launcher. To be fair, we you now see it more frequently also in the clients but yeah it's it, i mean again do me a favor any anybody who who wants to maybe retort with me on this and i would even ask you to do this as well open the league of legends client in the midst of one of their biggest tournaments of the year wait a week until we're on a very a, a nearly equivalent tournament and see the difference just in terms of how the client is laid out. I can see the schedule. I know what teams are playing. I know the narratives. I know the pit. All from clicking on the client. And this has been years of just doing it over and over and over and over and over. It's no wonder that their, I think their now former CEO is coming out and talking about how like their esports skins are some of their most like bought products, right? It, they're, they're actually making a lot of money through esports digital goods. It, that that doesn't surprise me when it has been ten plus years of just sticking to the 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 just you're gonna like this eventually, right? Like it has been consistent from Riot. Blizzard does treats us like we're a stepchild, and it's always kind of been that way. Yes, we can talk about oh the World Cup is at BlizzCon and this that the other thing, and that's great. I, I obviously I want more of that. But the integration and the conversion is the big question. That's the million-dollar question that we're kind of discussing right now. No, dating sims don't do it. No, PVE won't do it. And I like that they're trying a lot, right? Sure, yes. Get people interested in the IP. But we have if, if esports in this space is going to be successful, we need developer support. And I'm not talking about the replay viewer, right? That's just the bare minimum. We don't have replay viewers. We don't have replay access, guys. Like yeah. that's that's where we're at. I'm talking. I'm going big picture. I'm like, okay, give me another five, ten years, and let me beat it into the community that they should care about the shock and proper is the goat, right? 
Why do why do why is Faker's name synonymous with success in League of Legends? Why can I go to a gamer who maybe cues Rakan bot every once in a while with their normie friends and ask them about Faker and they've never seen a game about a, a, a professional game of League of Legends and they probably have a good idea of who that is, right? Why is he transcended reality, right? It's because there is a conversion rate. It has become bigger than life. They have celebrated it. They've they've marketed it to here and back. We've done none of it. We invited DJ Khaled and some celebrities to come see our show. That's what I, we did. I think like what what also like all of this is probably not super convincing for someone that has to make the business decision there. I think what sure. is what might be convincing is I would be very interested to find out how our demographic breaks down because there was a very interesting a video recently by Devin Nash, yeah. um, sure, you know, former uh, yeah, yeah. CEO CLG, of CLG CEO. and yeah. now marketing agency guy and whatnot, and he broke mm. down what the demographic of uh, League of Legends e or in Valorant esports was, mm. and not only is Valorant doing great with women audiences, mm. thirty or forty percent or something, twenty thirty percent yeah. of the viewers. That's crazy, by the way. Like we're yeah, that's single that's digit. Crazy. That's nuts. I mean, most YouTube channels are like fractions, yes. like half a percent. Yeah, we are also terrible, by the way, in this. Show. Yeah, we're yeah, we have we're, no ladies. We're too turbo. turbo Shout out to anybody who, yeah, anybody who, yeah, doesn't identify as a male that watches this shit. So, yeah. shout out to you. <laughs> but <laughs> they also have filtered for a pretty young audience that mm -hmm. has a lot of recreational budget. And I'd be wondering if we did that with our esports audience. Because I feel like the the hope that I we think. had is probably not the case. And I feel like there is something as not just finding an audience, but finding the right audience. And I, I, I feel mm -hmm. like maybe we never had a chance because the core product, the core value of Overwatch does not vibe with a core competitive product. But I'm also increasingly getting skeptical of esports that try to find their base or their foundation in the North American scene. I think you guys, mm -hmm. there's something in the ether where over a longer amount of time, esports uh -huh. and NA is really hard to make work. If you don't have the high beast culture, and yeah. I, I don't have a great the word attention. for this, but the, if you don't have the attention economy on yep. your side, where it's a lot of influencer um, yep. Yep, yep, yep. advertisement in North America, then you're probably mm -hmm. not going to get off. Here in Europe, it's totally feasible to just focus on the core competitive product and make some funny memes around the core competitive product, not Correct. be influencers first. If you look right. at the LEC broadcast, they are not content creation. Uh, they are not, not a, um, a content creation platform that slaps on competitive. It's competitive with a, you know, fun. With a side event. of content. Right. Yeah. They, like, if they make a song, it's about competitive League of Legends. Yeah. About it's the characters about, yeah. and whatnot. Right. Yes, yes. It's in reference to, not as a standalone. Right. And yeah. that's. That like, I I feel like whatever, if that is true, mm -hmm. then that is more true for Asian countries 
where the competitive product also vibes totally with the audience, where they really like seem to be able to vibe with professional players and to remember their names and lift mm -hmm. them to superstar status. Yep. Faker is possibly the most boring person personality <laughs> on the planet. It's very possible. Probably. It's probably true. He's the equivalent of watching grass grow, right? As a person. <laughs> yeah. But he's the most well-known gamer on the planet. He really is. Maybe not in NA, but on the planet. Yeah. In in most countries, uh, he's probably top five, I think, in, in any kind of name recognition when it comes to esports. Um, yeah. No, it, it's been Who's, it's been fantastic to see him kind of rise. Who are the biggest? I guess LeBron is the yeah. I, I maybe I'm yeah no, but I think like you also that it, it, to me as a as a viewer of American sports, like yes, there's a core competitive product that you're um, looking at in terms of the NBA and whatnot. I still like the big stories on less so the the big international stories about the NBA are less mm -hmm. so about the competitive product and more so about who's doing some dumb shit at the moment. Yeah. I don't I would, know. I, I don't know what's going on in the playoffs. Sure have heard about Jaramo Rand. <laughs> sure you yeah. have. Um obviously that's a little bit different. Um uh, but I did what kind of want to touch on um your your point of like what what our demographic was, right? Um, and this was something that I always, maybe this is a hot take. Um, this was always something that I, I held on and championed for the Overwatch League is the amount of people who both got into esports because of Overwatch and the correlation of those people and those who are here because of the traditional sports-esque model was very interesting because I felt like those people were very ready to spend money. Yes, but what what if the those hardcore fans of core American sports leagues are uh -huh. the guys that are in it for the tribalistic drama and not for the uh, core competitive I, experience? Yeah, because I don't I, think they inherently competitive like cared about the, the oh, yeah, whatever no, is going probably, on on the server. Right? Yeah, no, they had no idea what was going on. They were here because they came. They they were from New York, or they were from Philly, or they were from Dallas, and, and they were that. That's their their region. They just here to show up. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, if you're listening to this and you're like I don't know, like a fan of Brazilian CS:GO and whatnot, you will say, Yiska, you're off your fucking rocket, thinking <laughs> that we're not celebrating yeah. this tribalistically, right? Yeah. True, it is about very delicate thresholds of care in my mind where mm. it's not on and off it's a gradient mm. and the minutia the like small differences in perception and what you value as a scene and what kind of things you um argue about and think things you care about those mm. are the important ones and then of course there's also a lot of uh just like what is what's the media culture like generally speaking i i like my, my problem is as a german we generally get your culture 10 years later Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, with a German band, I will have to say, I feel like maybe, maybe like sports is just getting less and less appealing um, as a, as a, uh, as an offering. But the, like, <laughs> this is also a wild take that I've tried or 
fielded for a couple of times. I honestly yeah. think if you if you hit the reset button on all sports in NA and let just like everyone have the same knowledge on how to create entertainment, start from zero, there's no mm -hmm. shot uh, sports comes off the ground again. It would all like the only sports that would make sense are like the UFCs in this current climate where it is more about the drama and creating a storyline than it is about the core competitive product. The reason why the NBA yes. works is because it has slotted into the um, the space... The cultural zeitgeist. Into culture, yep. into the thing you talk about, be, mm -hmm. because we do not have large guiding uh, cultural narratives anymore, right? Like, mm -hmm. they, I, I, if you think back... Like the last show that the world watched, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. There's yeah. none of, like, we are super divided. There's, it's not like I can now go to a water cooler and just talk about one particular thing and expect everyone to know about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's no longer a thing. Um, and I think people crave that sort of connection and like the, sure. these North, North Stars of entertainment. Icebreaker icebreaker yeah. but also like just like cultural lubrication and like sure. also yeah, yeah. things that glue cultural glue in in some instances mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and i think like if you create that and try to fill into that mean or pour into that meaning space i think like especially in north america um a lot of that would it would probably vibe with with you know maybe this is biased but like uh southern states more yeah, every everything else would just like you know, like we Germans still don't drink for enjoyment. Mostly, we drink beer for some social, toxic, like torture, and for the stories that they sure, yeah. Like none of like particularly in my town, the alcohol mm. we drink is fucking disgusting, and the reason you drink it is like some faux fucking masculine Match. bullshit. Okay, but, like I feel like. The guys in my age group that I converse with, we're just mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna drink an apple teeny if I fucking like <laughs> drinking apple teeny, bro. Like, and I feel like that's tr that's that would be true if you reset sports. Then like whatever bullshit, yeah. like they, it would just pour yeah. into whatever everyone likes. And I I assume that sports as a like the com competitive pro like everyone's already like I'm I'm competing every day with the, <laughs> in the fucking marketplace like the pressure is on me i'm looking on instagram i'm getting bodied in the marketplace okay i'm getting <laughs> bodied in the marketplace of ideas i'm getting bodied in the marketplace of body i'm getting bodied in the marketplace of intelligence i'm shit i don't want to compete bro like get the fuck off with competitive products okay give me something wholesome uh, to relax my soul is yeah. what i think the north american audience is increasingly saying yes. for a younger demographic, yes. they're getting out of their SAT prep courses after 12 hours uh, because if you mm -hmm. don't, like you're internally condemned to a lower class life that's less and less feasible to to do. So like you better fucking study up and then you go into your uh, college classes and you better be in an Ivy League school otherwise you're fucked as well. And I feel <laughs> like it, all of this necessarily exerts pressure. Now, counter argument to that is Asian countries are worse at this, but co co competitive co products uh, vibe with that. Yep. Um, so maybe that theory is half, half baked, but the, yeah, the bottom line is I feel like us locating all our franchises so heavily in NA 
fucked us from the beginning. I think if we had to, like, honestly, like, uh -huh. I, sometimes I wonder how different the Overwatch League would have fared if Rogue and Fnatic had gotten their two in a, a European spots. You couldn't have re as readily discarded Europe as a location. How that mm -hmm. would have fared in terms of t talent uh, development, in terms of mm -hmm. um, location, in terms of market share. I think especially like if you if you find a Spanish audience that works sure. incredibly well in other esports. It does. Um, and it probably would have worked here, but yeah, it would have been fantastic here. Serve the French audience a little bit better. Maybe you even have a Turkish team uh, sure. going on or something. The British audience, mm -hmm. like that's that's way more sticky. Then you force that to be um, a very different setup, and then already we're dealing with a like the 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 train rails we're on look very differently. And oh, yeah. I feel like if that had happened, we're probably not sitting here seeing Avala play this game. Um, no, of course not. Of course we and don't. And once again, like, it's not nothing against Avala. It's really just... No, it's, it's an example. It's it's a crystalline fruit of the trees, of the shit tree that we have planted. It's, it's possibly one of the worst Overwatch League teams of all time. Yeah. One of the least resourced Overwatch Leagues of all time. Mm -hmm. being forced by one of the worst economic positions the Overwatch League has been in all time, having mm -hmm. one of the worst setups of an Overwatch League of all time. Like, at least Valiant had a fucking, like, I don't know what it was, a warehouse or whatever they slept in, that, like a shared one, like the, one of their guys uh, organized. The stars, that much better. But... The, the stars have to align, and it's like mm -hmm. the Big Dipper just turned into a toilet and we're flushing right now okay like that that's what it felt like yes and i and then this is the intro to tomorrow's episode then you also kill all hope and i'm dooming like i'll, I'll like I, I will say okay here small opium i don't think it would have ever worked to integrate PV, pve and we would have necessarily at some point no, set of course here not with my wow PTSD going like, oh my God, PV is now prioritized and like mm -hmm. we're not getting as many heroes as we could be for the PV <laughs> game because 40 fucking talents is crazy. Resources. And yeah. like the the balance of this game is, is, is nuts and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? Like all of this. Yeah. So that is positive actually um, for Overwatch League specifically. But, and I'll also say, I'm sure some people from the League will watch this and say, uh, fuck this guy. Only half half baked knowledge. Fair. Like I'm I'm being a little bit emotionally dooming right now. I also know a lot of you guys polish up your uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Polish up your resumes. <laughs> um like it's it's a really hard time to still believe in, in mm -hmm. this game. And um yeah, it's like it, may, maybe it gets but gets better from here. It's just really hard to predict. It's hard to see, see where yeah. from where. It is hard to see how it does get better. There are not too many outs outside of Microsoft saving us. Oh, Daddy, please come with a briefcase. Um, yeah, no, it, it is difficult. Um, and to the people who from the front office that do watch this, uh, I don't know. I have some choice words for you that I'm not going to say today because we're already going a little long. I, I also think like they, <laughs> they generally 
polishing a turret pretty well, right? Like you're probably one of the lower rungs of blameability at this point. The people that sat in your chairs beforehand in the generation beforehand, they yes, fucked it. Yeah. The heads that had the scandal happen at uh, Blizzard, they fucked it for us. Mm-hmm. Whoever signed people to 20 million to plus uh, sponsorship deals therefore enforced necessarily a uh, VC dependent culture onto this esport and esports at large maybe fucked us. Those yeah. guys are the ones with the uh, responsibility. And once again, I, I do believe like everyone also probably fucked it at some level. Once again, I wouldn't exclude myself from that here, but um, there it it pale. It's a rounding error on those mistakes, man. Sure. Yes, nobody's nobody's asking for a perfect game from anybody, right? Um, but when I have to clamor for any kind of excitement, for any kind of content, for any kind of publicity, for a push through the client. For esports to be try to for esports to be casualized, um, yeah, no, I have I have lots of questions. I have lots of fingers to point, um, and yeah, I would be uh, very interested to speak with you. Uh, that being said, <clears throat> I agree. It is hard to see where this game goes from here. Um, there's there's a lot to that monologue that I would love to kind of pick apart. I would I would tend to pretty staunchly disagree. Um, I would almost argue opposite to the hypothetical like dream scenario that if we weren't I think the mistake may have almost been trying to be global in in an trying to be global with a western focus for an esport that was trying to be trying to cosplay traditional sports. You know what I mean? Um, I think if that was the model that we wanted to go with, I think it only makes sense if we are strictly NA first. We build a proof of concept. We develop an audience that is paying, that is willing to kind of come out and just wave those tribal flags. And then we branch out, right? I think that was the big mistake, at least in my mind. Or this is like vastly different and we are global and we aren't trying to do a weird meat sports cosplay and it's just normal esports. And I feel like that's also just another out. I think we have to go like, we have to hit the poles, right? Yeah. I feel like just we're, it's, it's probably never, I'll dial on his hill. Like I know during the jam conference since then I did Mm -hmm. like people disagreed with that point uh, saying like, if this works, you, we will love that we went the localization route because we can then optimize. And fair, sure, of course. Like if you can actually make it work, then of course. I just don't think you will ever make it work. I think the young, like if you want to appeal to a young demographic, this demographic will increasingly be international mm-hmm. and netizen uh, with their views and values. Yep. Yep. They are raised on the internet. They exchange on the internet. They work remotely. Yep. They are not bound by location. They have no allegiance to location. Correct. And location, anything but a virtual space, 
which is the internet. Yeah. Or their niche communities mm -hmm. is not likely to work. And the best thing that you can ha do is signal or plant virtual flags in the ground of values and or entertainment that young people can attach to and become fans of. And I think all esports that show growth, mm -hmm. especially in the Western world, do this the best. They plant virtual flags into the ground. They've abandoned uh, anything but, you know, occasional opportunities for folks to catch some live esports, but not mm -hmm. on the regular. It's more like, like it makes total sense for me, for instance, that the the LAN for Overwatch sold out immediately. Like every once in a while, like, yeah, like it sounds nice to watch one mm -hmm. Overwatch match or like an event a year. I wouldn't go to the best um, concert in the world more than once. Yeah. Maybe twice. Okay. Definitely not three times. <laughs> Right, like uh, my memory is yeah. not as short as to having to relive it three times. Okay, um, so I feel like there's you're competing against wild comp entertainment product products now, and mm -hmm. those virtual spaces, the availability, um, the coverage, like all of this is super important, and um, there couldn't have been a worse time to. Uh, start a localization in, from my point I of mean, view yes it definitely with hindsight i don't think anybody is is trying to invest into that um however at the time it made sense to me at least right um, it was worth a try like i, I don't, don't condemn them for trying to find that because we haven't really done it that proof of concept is dead that is not a, the mistake the mistake yeah, is yeah. the magnitude of what kind yes, of capital scope. we ask people yeah. to raise based on projections mm -hmm. that like that or already report is an absolute joke for anyone that has any idea yeah right like about uh, mm -hmm. endemic um monetization so um yeah it's 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 a rough one uh and it's also especially rough because it was so forecastable i'm pretty sure like if mm -hmm. you go to anyone in the space around 2016 2017 when the the first waves of this were starting you'll find uh opinions that pretty closely resemble to what eventually appears to be happening and it's worth a try especially like the localization i'm not mad at that trying that right like i could very easily be wrong i honestly think like maybe to a degree that still hasn't been proven to be wrong um I think it has relatively, like, relatively well proven that it's less likely to work in NA. Um, but because I, as I perceive it, the real tribes that people care for in esports, nations, um, like at least here it feels like it. That's that's for damn sure. I think there. I think there still is room for that to be explored i think in a dream scenario where season one is completely localized and only endemic to na um i think you can begin to develop and derive some 
some future growth. Um, I think that's when you can really start to push local markets. I think you can really try and and prove that this is something that you're going to want to come out and see every once in a while. You want to go see a baseball game. You want to go see an esports game. You know, it's something that people are, you know, you start to build your, your niche into that cultural zeitgeist into that mini like little ecosystem. Um, the only way that works is just through time and just, I, I hate saying this, but just like throwing money at it. Um, marketing, publicizing, getting, getting, I, I hate this sounds really fucking vapid but like getting the word out there um and we never really got a chance to do that uh a because we were we were so hell-bent on being global and b because covid hit when we were going to try to do that yeah um we we sat on the fence of two different things we tried to do everything all at once and it was a fuck i'm gonna call a spade a spade thus far it's been an abject failure yeah it has been i i would also say like i think if I pr have our audience packed right, a lot of you will probably be inclined or have maybe already at this point but while listening written in through the comments that you wouldn't be here unless this was a localized uh, mm -hmm. thing. And that's fair. I think that's the filtering process and it would be rather sad if you, like that wouldn't facilitate a particular bend because that would mean yeah. like it, it would like we filtered for the people that like general esports filtering <laughs> even more. Right? Yeah. We've so, we've missed the mark that much that we haven't gotten the, the the trad fans. For sure. So like like I I don't wanna discredit your appetite. I just want you to look around and estimate in your home city how many people yeah. are likely to show up to a fan meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look at those screenshots for the Washington Justice, right? Mm. Like it's it's nice. It's not a thousand people nice, or several thousand people nice, right? Oh. And yeah, the scale of like because the scale isn't there. Like for instance, we have someone in our Discord like always that always wants like merch and whatnot um, of particular uh, of a particular team, and they won't ever get it because the scale is not there to pro justify producing this product at scale, right? Like, yep. now you're not getting the product, right? And, um, yeah, you're sort of limiting the market, and I think the, the effect of also excluding people by going to the localization mm -hmm. is not to be underestimated. I will also say, now that I, like, I was at the Dota Major, I was um, in Copenhagen for CS, I was um, in, I'm going to be at MSI, the experience of perceiving other esports and their communities and their pro players uh, awards a certain insight into the otherness of those scenes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those those long-lasting esports just have, if you guys are unaware, like a, a sort of Lindy effect to to their. Uh, Lindy effect is basically like the longer something lasts in its essence, the more likely it is to last going forward in the future. So, or to also to be robust, right? So certain, like, it's very unlikely that next year Christianity is going to evaporate, <laughs> right? Like there's th th several thousand years of history. It's very likely to continue next year. Yeah. Uh, less so the case for 
the religion of uh, Prophet, um, who I founded in 2018. Um, <laughs> I'm not even sure if I'm still part of that religion, right? Don't doesn't sound like it. So, like the the, the point being, like those guys have figured out something or have amassed a mass, uh, uh, fan group that is loyal and is very robust to change mm-hmm. now. And to see what kind of audiences those are, are super informative as to what a sustainable esports product. And I'm not saying they're close. Like <laughs> the the a lot of you know, especially the wealth uh, wealth uh, game uh, esports are mm-hmm. still running deficits, heavy ones, right? And with hands off and are in part subsidized by very unethical uh you know uh actors eh. from gambling sponsors yeah, to whoever owns those leagues mm-hmm. um i think that's still like it, it it informs you what kind of a fan base you have and especially in riot's case i think there it's very interesting who they attracted and also maybe in in some essence shaped um to to a point where like the re- recreational income can subsidize those scenes right and <coughs> i would wager that it's very unlikely that by year 7 we will see a um manager play in valorant in their franchise league or it's not a franchise league oh, a partner yeah. league right yeah. Um, and there are reasons for that, and there are reasons of uh, audience selection. There are reasons of the very s or like the very foundational beliefs and or makeup of what their competitive product is. It's the, the, the once again the filtering of, of those mm-hmm. fans, and as much as much as that sucks, if you aren't willing to pony up certain costs then you're not that desirable and you're not contributing towards the sustainability of the esports you're watching right mm-hmm. and unfortunately we're also in a system where if you can't afford it <laughs> you're also lo- less likely to get what you want right yeah welcome to our uh, market system so yeah um okay not to ramble too much but uh the the thing that we've been saying for years, we fucked ourselves by the foundation, um, and we uh, we're having other people that didn't get us here having to make up for these decisions. Mm-hmm. Ironically, that's also true for the PVE talk, which we'll have tomorrow. Um, so. I hope everyone realizes that there's limited responsibility or culpability towards these outcomes. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm still super frustrated that this was allowed to happen. And I guess what I also didn't mention is sh- that it was allowed to happen from a l- rules perspective. I think like the league was pretty hands-off on this. I think you could totally argue that there should be something in place where uh, maybe a rating requirement or whatever uh, for pro players or whatever mm-hmm. sensible way you can come up with. Limit, a minimum amount of contenders games is not a great one, but like something that 
maintains the competitive the integrity of the eSport. I know you do not have leverage at this point, but it's this is really giving up on whatever vision and or feel of the league that you have. We're already like already every other day, like broadcast day, I look at the games and say, ah, that's all shit here. Like none of the those are appealing. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is this is three O Overwatch all the way down. And then sometimes I get surprised that it's three O Overwatch in the other direction, which <laughs> with the justice and chalk, right? Like um Somehow it's not better, but it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a lot. Uh, and it... Uh, I think we differ on some things. I think we ultimately agree that this is just not... We're not providing a space for people who we've tried even to select for. Um, I would argue that I think we've done a pretty piss poor job selecting for anybody in particular. Um, but nonetheless, it, we're doing a whole lot of nothing really, really quickly. And it's getting hard to see, like you said, the light at the end of the tunnel. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to budgets, uh, it doesn't shock me when, you know, the esports world is already kind of crunching down. And then you have, you know, a kid whose Internet goes out either due to like an outage or just daily maintenance um and you know uh, a gm has to step in uh yeah that doesn't shock me i uh, sad to say it's become apathy um and here we are it's uh it's 2023 Aval's in your room and she's got a rip tire and she's popping shit off credit to her well played you know? all things considered yeah it's like part, part of the farce is how close that one map got, um, <laughs> which of course is also was once again based on an organization that's based in Britain, but has to play out of LA because why mm -hmm. not? It's the Overwatch League. Localization, baby. We love it. We love it. We eat it up. Speaking of somebody who's recently localized, I I know that like this is a complete energy uh, pivot, uh, mm -hmm. but we gotta we gotta slap up a little bit. Um, I, I you know if you want to get back on that soapbox real quick to to you know lambast me about the soul infernal, I mean be my guest. Ah, You're right, my favorite you topic. Just right. right? <laughs> <sighs> I might just be like God's gift to a hot take. Yo. <laughs> Was it really that hot that they could have won? Both of those games going 2-0? Joe. I don't know. If, I don't I I don't know if I'd call that hot. Maybe I'm being a semantics Andy, but I don't think that's crazy. I think that's that's winnable. Well, going 2-0 is surprising, but I don't know if it's hot. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure Pretty what the percentages are. How many people got that right? Um Listen, okay, if we're going if we're going <laughs> if we're going populist I I want to raise an eyebrow there because that doesn't seem very consistent with your viewpoints, sir. What what doesn't? <laughs> right, like trying to argue that like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know. The community might have said that the charge should have won. So I don't know. But it's both of them, right? Me. Like, I feel like the, the percentages were like probably 70, 30 in both cases. So both probably, of those yeah. uh, is, is kind of interesting. Like, you know. Like also like you're now all suffering how obnoxious I am because of some of those assholes <laughs> that will inevitably DM me and say scrimbucks are bullshit. Yes, yes, uh, yes Eric yes. is bringing it up. Okay, sixty-five for charge. What what was the spark one? 
I'm sure it was close. 65 I okay i i'm once again underestimating the game of philly fans and their delusion um <laughs> but yeah no See like i okay i feel like there's they, all of those predictions uh-huh. that over the years like valiant beating uh vancouver titans like packing sure. valiant 2019 yeah yeah right 2019 like first loss um that that prediction whatnot that is all mm-hmm. coming from scrims you can yeah. like you can keep bookmarking my tweets bro you can make uh like quirky little um tweets oh, about so it insufferable. but at the end of the day scrim bucks woo baby um <laughs> i don't know top 50 preds at the moment um eric who copies my homework is currently second <laughs> i'm such an obnoxious asshole um and improves upon it. Um, but, by the way, I, I'm almost... Honestly, part of me is much is almost exactly as upset about the way how pickems are being handled as I am about the Avella situation. It's like, <laughs> why the hell are we having to predict all the brackets at once? Like, if this really counts towards pickem points, I have a... I'm popping a lid off. Like, please, this is my one thing. Like, please, let just, me pick them in peace. I just like I I need some res- receipts to be just an insufferable asshole, and you're taking this away from me. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I will. I, well I want to interject. Yes, Eric is leading our our pickums. No, he's uh, second worldwide. Oh, is he? Damn, that's actually kind of crazy. Yeah. That's nuts uh well done yeah that's that's nuts uh a yes eric may or may not be copying Niska's homework that's fair uh but it sounds like there's a little bit more under the hood other than just scrimbucks so again i present my evidence a eric being second worldwide uh, eric plugged in uh, eric but with a but with a machine you, you can say it now what why did you pred also both soul infernal uh games for soul infernal <laughs> after you saw them lose against soul dynasty there we go i i think that's fair and i think i think anybody saying that scrimbucks don't mean anything are just as stupid as saying scrimbucks are the ultimate determinant factor right i think they do they are correlative um i think as somebody hello raises hand guilty as charged i don't have scrimbucks i actively try not to have scrimbucks Sometimes Jiska just feeds them to me. Do I? Will I pred them? Sometimes. In in the case of Soul Infernal, I did not. Look, there there is a skill to him, right? Like, scrimbucks are sort of like looking at the night sky and trying to derive information. Okay, Joe. Some assholes look at the night sky, and go like, uh, oh, "That's so much. that means like Venus is in retrograde, therefore uh-huh. we're incompatible yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as mates." Mm-hmm. I look at the nas- na- night sky and go, that's north. Let's go there. <laughs> okay. That's that's the difference. Somehow it's it's worse. Somehow it's more simple. Same thing with stats. People look at numbers. Number of Kevsta and Proper almost comparable. Therefore, equally as good players. I look at the night sky and go, now Proper is the North Star, okay? Like mm-hmm. if you if you you know put put them into context of like fights taken per minute. If you look at sure. more representative 
um, stats like first kills, first death, first kills in the first three, um, damage output as, uh, you know, displayed by, um, by uh, ch charge time, the impact mm -hmm. rating as to, like, who does Player he kill? Player yeah. impact rating as to who does he kill? Like, because we very clearly see in Overwatch 2, like, if you kill the tank, that's much more impactful than killing, I don't know, a DPS or whatever. Mm -hmm. Naturally. Um, like, this, the, like, if you, there, is, there is a certain skill to reading information. Correct. And I, I will also say, my God, do I get absolutely wrecked in some of those Grimbox interpretations because teams are just like wild with it. Like mm -hmm. once again, like I I had Dallas pretty high up there for a long time, okay? Um because they're inherently unpredictable. I, I think That's true. what what did I I think historically you've been pretty pretty bad on Dallas, uh just throughout I think Russia's tenure there because historically they're piss poor in scrims, but they're Live performance is completely different. Yeah. So hard, hard to read. Again, I think there is something to parsing through information. I think um, selling the product of Scrimbucks as the the best determiner, the best determinant of match prediction is probably. Yeah, I would say it's the best. Do I think you can still compete? Probably. I am. I am four points below you, sir. And no, very little scrimbucks. So you, I, I can still compete. I can still hang. Am I, well, am I beating you? you? you no, have, you have, I'm not. You kind of have proxy scrimbucks, okay? Like, Do I? Yeah, you hear me talk about scrimbucks, so you... Like... And I actively pride against them most of the time. Oh, well. Yeah, also, you have witchcraft with your titan shit, so... <laughs> Maybe you are the person that looks at this night sky and, like, suddenly the stars start shifting like some fucking Lion King shit. And you summon, like, the great punk or some... I don't know what you're doing. Punk is my Mufasa. I'm, he speaks to me through... Through... Bars being in Lemonade. Anywho. Um, <laughs> another... Again, Infernal, they look fantastic. I, you know, I as somebody yes. who has been uh, hilariously... I... I do like Mag. I, I think it's less Mag and more of just the team... Just looking fundamentally crispy, like sure. the the if you want a great example, um, and I don't know if we're gonna get to like why I think this is, but if you want to go back and you want to look at the tale of two sombras, go back and look at the Soul Infernal versus the Hongjo Spark. Shy's mm -hmm. Sombra, kind of poop. Something he's like not been asked to play throughout his his history, his career. It's not you know within his wheelhouse. It's okay. Um, the Soul Infernal, on the other hand, it the difference really kind of manifests and how the EMP is used and how quickly the collapse yeah. is integrated. Okay. Right, it it's night and day. Um, the the opportunity at which Soul Infernal will capitalize on these EMPs. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows what's happening. Spark, on the other hand, I've got Gusha being purple, jumping away, letting his supports die. Shy's EMPing. Nobody's talking. She leaves left the voice channel and is listening to lo-fi beats to study and relax to. It's it's a mess. It's crazy. Um, it, that team 
that showed up versus the Soul Infernal, I unironically worry about when it comes to the pickums. Um, I can't recall. I can pull it up probably pretty quickly, but I can't recall exactly what side of the two brackets that they're on. Um, they're very lucky that it's not on the side of O2. I'd say that um, because I, I, I don't know what happens to them if they have to pair off versus a contenders team right now or the top contenders team. Um, it was pretty dire. It was not good. Those supports for Spark got bullied and Infernal not only came out with some creativity with the ball. Shout outs to, to Coach Spilo, who did a whole rundown of why that seemingly worked. Um, if I can parse through it mostly or synthesize it, I think it had more to do with the support choices with the, the wrecking ball, less to do with the ball itself. Um, it kind of facilitated maybe the, the support choices less so uh vice versa um yeah infernal look good infernal look damn good and uh i think that's kind of the funnily enough the the two horses right now here's the scary part joe they are actually unreal anti-clutch at the moment they are (laughs) tossing left and right it's crazy like i it might be one of the most anti-clutch teams of all time these guys should be winning dominantly way mm-hmm. more matches than they're actually doing. My God, do they toss some fights. Like, the, the Dynasty last fight is still insanity to me, okay? I mean, yes. I think also, at this point, you can kind of explain that away, though. Also, as good as this team is looking right now, mm-hmm. individually, uncharacteristically from what we've seen last year, mm-hmm. I don't think Zest has has a great season so far. It's a solid one, but not like yeah, he was last zest. year. Yeah. Like sometimes I will see this boy just no clip air. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um then like uncharacteristic uh, pulse pump misses. Yep. Misspacing. Killing himself with his own bomb. Um That's unusually sloppy in comparison to what he was capable of last year. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I think it's very possible for him to once again become that genius carry player for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's, it's possible that uh, we we move into a different meta uh, after the midseason where m- maybe we get some Genji or whatever going and then mm-hmm. I c- trust him to be able to carry much more. But like... This isn't even a good meta for them. In many ways, they're forcing their own Yeah. Um their own interpretation with the ball. Yeah. Onto opponents. Mm-hmm. And none of those DPS pl- are playing a lot of their preferred picks either. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what happened is Fixer leveled up big time. That's uh, without a doubt. Yeah, that's a day. large difference here, right? Um, and then wait, I'm bl- drawing a blank. Who's the flex support uh, name? Skewed. Skewed is fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Yep. He's a class player. Like he's he's unironically not just the brig guy, right? Like can hang. Yep. If not, like one of the better honors in APAC right now. Like very, very, very talented. Um, the amount of times 
and again i hate to draw uh, a note back to the spark game but it, it stands pretty uh, prominent in my mind uh, as one of the games that i actually got to like really frame by frame kind of go through um the amount of times gusha is just constantly purpled having to like rotate yeah. backwards because they cannot posture for a fight for their lives yep. um that is skewed that is skewed alone because he understands the game plan he understands that if they can't hold space they can't create dives they can't be proactive lo and behold if spark can't be proactive leave or i'm rather shy gets caught out right and it's not just getting caught out it's him getting greedy with his translocator it's him not being able to posture to set up a dive right like if you if you if you have no legs you can't run i, I hate how simple that sounds but it's the truth right like it's pretty hard to run on your hands and that's what it feels like the spark had to do and on top of that when they would try to like over engage the supports just die if you go back through that game and you just look at the kill feed and you look at how many times or rather shameless plug go to winston's lab go look at the kill position of both monk and langsa for that match in particular i guarantee you it is one and two out of like just the fractional way that Broy kind of calculates it, right? Like mm. they are the first to die in almost every single one of those fights. Yeah. And if it isn't them, it's shy. Yeah. Because they have no business hitting a W key ever in that series. Why? It's skewed. It's mag. I'd say it's also MN3. Fixa also isn't throwing. <laughs> right? Like the questions have been answered. The support line is fantastic. The DPS are more than capable, a little less than maybe we expected. And Mag, funnily enough, crazy guys. When you put them in a locker room that isn't toxic, you uh, get magic. I, okay, there I have actually no idea. So I I saw Platchet talk about this as well. I I think I'd be a little bit more cautious if it was toxicity or if it's just a bad fit, right? Like. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't hate that read either. Right. Like it's it doesn't yeah. necessarily always have to be like people are just like throwing shit at their heads. Maybe the problem yeah. is that everyone's getting along t too nicely, even though I think that's a lower probability yeah. uh, situation. But neither uh, is good. I agree. It's it also it can be a playstyle mismatch. It can be a coach and player mismatch where they just mm -hmm. have very different ideas about Overwatch. Um. And all of those are no one's fault, but maybe the guy that selects you and misattributes. Oh yeah, of course. And that and and let me let me be very clear. Let me let me unpack that for a second from my comment rather. That is not like oh I thought you know I I blame X player I blame Mag for not like adapting. No 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 no. It, it's more towards the community narrative that this kid was washed and he sucks and Mag's terrible. It's like no 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 no. It is very clear that he, whatever it is, if it's a culture fit, if it's, you know, he doesn't get along with somebody or they get along a little too well and it's not being, you know, uh, we're not creating friction to grow, whatever it is, right? It, it isn't working. It hasn't worked in the last three years. Why do we keep trying to do it? Please get him on a better team because we know he's talented, right? It's another one of those things. I hate to circle back to the shock discussion, but player has talent. Question, question, question mark. Player has no more talent. I don't know. My bullshit detector is off the charts in the question mark column, right? Like it, it doesn't make, it doesn't compute. That doesn't make sense that they just lose their skill overnight, right? There is an external factor that is limiting them from playing this game. 
like we've seen them play before, we have to figure out why that is and remedy it. And it looks like Mac has found his solution. And it's been returning home to Seoul with the Infernal and absolutely slapping the region. They look fantastic and are probably one of the favorites. We'll get to APAC predictions probably tomorrow, hopefully. Um, they look, I, I think I speak for everybody in saying that they're probably one of the two favorites getting out, being the one of the two APAC representatives uh, to the prediction of probably absolutely nobody, uh, including us, because I think we had them collectively third in our power rankings. Like a pretty clear third. I think, I think so. it went Dallas or Spark. Yeah. The other Dallas or Spark choice, and then Infernal, and then maybe Charge. Yeah. And now the third and fourth power ranking seeds are pretty much just kind of running the gambit. Um. Uh, to the again to the surprise of everybody, like it is, it is kind of crazy to see that both the Dallas Fuel and the Hangzhou Spark with kind of impressive teams and and again spark almost nearing like super team level uh look like they can barely win scrims like it's that's that's kind of crazy yeah for sure i'm trying to figure out like you mentioned um that the kill positions yeah the kill positions for um for spark um mm -hmm. whether or not I'll I'll try to and, and I'm being very specific on that match alone. I can't speak for the charge match. Probably the only two matches that you could like relatively get a good test on. Um, but just in the the head to head versus the infernal, it felt like Monk and Linksa were perpetually dead because they had no space to work with. And even when they did get space, it was like it was space they had no right having. Right. Like there was a fight on Li Zhang. I think it was Night Market. It was towards the end of the round versus the Infernal. Gusha is like jumping away. I think the supports are on point. They're holding the point there. The, there's like a skirmish fighting in the, the courtyard. Gusha is jumping away from the supports to kind of hold like a corner on the high ground to try to do something there. And the Soul Infernal on Zarya just run at the supports and kill them. Like, they have no clue what's going on half the time. Um, and it is it is very odd to see um, in a meta that, again, you know, whether or not APAC is drifting away from the Winston, hard to say. Um, but, it, yeah, it is bonkers to me. Maybe it's a bad day at the office. Doesn't seem like it's the case. Uh, that team is... Let's hope. Let's hope that was just a one-off because that was rough. I, I do wonder about them in knockouts, but I digress from my spark hatred. Yeah, I'm sure I'm... Kenobi is frothing at the mouth because he kind of, he kind of did. He, he did mention it, it was almost a little too good to be true. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not currently loading and the, the stats you showed, Eric, are, are not the ones we were looking for in, in terms of FK3. You have to very specifically like look for the uh, match in player statistics in order to get that, but it's the quarry is not loading as quickly, so. And my phone's oh, currently shitting itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing about Winston's lab. It it runs through a lot of data, so your PC is gonna take a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to quickly run through Preds and get the frick sure. out of here? Sure, sure. Let's go. All right, because there is some three Overwatch, so this this probably won't be too quick. Um, loading in to May nineteenth, we have the Las Vegas Eternal against the Boston Uprising. This is three out, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. Three O Boston. It's not even close. I won't even give them a map. Uh, Vancouver, London. Oh boy, do I love some green. Give me Vancouver. Three one. Yeah, you're high. Uh, three two London. Three two London after they <laughs> they barely get it over the line versus Avala. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay. All right, bro. You know, Faith Avala, same thing. Yeah. Okay, that's actually heresy, and I've debated about making a short about this. And if somebody wants to see this, I'll make it. Um, Faith's. Okay, this is. Faith I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Faith is not only insane, I think he might be my favorite. And I'm very particular, and I use my favorite. I'm not going to say the best because I haven't tested this yet, but he's my favorite. He's my favorite anti-Lucio. Does that make sense? I know this is getting like links or territory of fucking uh, like, narrative he's not, analysis. He's, okay, so here's, here's how I interpret what you just said. Okay. okay. Lee Gon plays Lucio for the joy of booping people off high grounds <laughs> and like being an obnoxious little shit that creates offensive pressure. Uh-huh. Faith place to destroy other people's streams of glory he'll be not he'll be there boop off people omega peel has crazy movement but like also slippery as shit and like yes dies very infrequently you're you're not you're not super far off base um in particular i i think you're on the right track at least in my mind um, there was a couple plays from the Boston Vancouver matchup. And it's funny that you referenced Lee Jigon, uh, because it happened to him. Um, it's on the Oasis. And I think another map, I can't for the, my life of me, remember exactly which one it was. Yeah, it's on university and I think it's on city center. I think. Um, but there are a couple instances where, again, like you're talking about, Lee Jagon is being this like hyper aggressive Reddit Lucio, and Faith can be that, but he does it like he sets up his punch. Does that make sense? Like if you go back and you look at University, um, you you immediately notice that Faith just boops off somebody off the map, right? The only way that that happens is if he controls the side of the fight and he's able to latch onto the wall longer than Lee Jagon, right? Mm. And the way that he does this is he kind of like, and you kind of have to frame by frame this, he kind of skirts around the corner. He sees that Lee Jagon's coming in for the aggression. He goes higher than him. That's the key in both of these engagements. He raises the elevation, he boops him off the wall, and that sets up the boop off the map for him to get. Mm. Right. So Faith is setting up these boops. He's setting up these peels. There's there's another one on university where like Lee Jay gone, like um, he goes to like duel him on the coast. And I think Faith like ducks away and then like comes back around. Even his like pathing is like intelligent. This kid is again underrated as an understatement. This kid is hard carrying some of these fights and is setting up his team for the utmost success. This kid's crazy. Check it out. Dude, like, I, do you remember this? I, I think I brought it up before here. Um, this highlight of Lip on King's Row first, where uh, Lip has a teleporter already set up 
top bridge, so to speak, and okay. on A, and mm-hmm. like the 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 impressive thing is is that Lip keeps shooting at uh, Faith, and then teleports and gets him from behind by predicting where Faith would go. Now, if you go back to that action. The way he weaves and seamlessly transitions while flying through that window and mm-hmm. then backwards skating and then being surprised by Lip, who anticipates this because he's the best Sombra in the, in the league and gaps hard. But yeah. the, everything about this is so smooth. If I did that in CSGO Surf, I'd get a warm, fuzzy feeling and would <laughs> feel one with the map, Okay. Like this yeah, guy yeah. was schmooving and Lip was just a nightmare that overcame him in the mm. in the hallway. But the way he flies through the open little window and then immediately goes into the backwards grind is so satisfying. It just sucks for him that Lip is just big brain. He's just he yeah. No. It's Lip Lip is a demon and uh it is comical to go back and listen to Rostin like praise like thank the heavens that lip is left because he doesn't his team doesn't have to play him anymore so yep. shout out to, shout out to the infernal who doesn't have to play lip uh yeah i've got vancouver you've got london we'll have to see somehow i think i'll be right uh a game that it might be a little closer than we want to admit the valiant and the toronto defiant mm, that's a uh... okay here's the bullshit joe <laughs> You want to hear some bullshit? I want to give this a 3-0. I really want to. <laughs> you should. You should I give really it a 3-0. I really want to. And in, I, I, I absolutely totally would. But mm. my client will not accept and pick him unless I give Violent a map. I'm not kidding. Like, I demonstrated it yesterday in, uh, in Discord. I believe it. Yeah, you talked about it. That unless I give Valiant a map, the save predictions button will not highlight. If I mm. now go in and remove the map, it will stay, stay gray. If I give it two maps, it will light up orange again. I am pogged out of my mind that I now am forced by this game to give them a map against Valiant. Now, I can either do Shock or uh-huh. Defiant. I will you say both of them are, are three zeros. Yes. But well, no, because- see, I don't I disagree. I think both of those would be three zeros, but because I'm forced by the law to give Valiant a Yeah, because you're getting actively marketplaced, okay? I'm, they're helping you with your predictions these, because you, they they can't you can't be trusted. These FEC guidelines are crazy. Um, <laughs> I have to say if if I had to predict where Valiant is more likely to get a map. It would be against Defiant. Therefore, my pred officially mm-hmm. is 3-1. But in my yep. heart of hearts, it's a 3-0. Three, uh, three See, I, I would... Uh, yeah, I think your heart's just wrong. I think I <laughs> I you. align with the feeling... That's like my ex-wife. That it then. should be. <laughs> I don't have an ex-wife. I was, you know. <laughs> That's just the ultimate cope. Yeah. The ex-wife you don't have. Your future ex-wife. Um... I agree that it should be in feeling roster on roster. The Toronto Defiant should mollywop the Valiant and it should be a quick day at the office. However, that is not the world we live in currently and the Toronto Defiant are a worse team than the Mayhem, right? Now, Joe, you're talking about the meta transfer and the, 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 the late stage of meta change and couldn't the Toronto Defiant be good at this meta? Maybe, maybe. 
we haven't seen them play since week three and week three is my determinant of like okay this is the line in the sand this is where i think you know the the meta has deviated and maybe the defiant are coming back with some some wings under them i don't trust this team another team you know coincidentally having to go to game five versus new york a team that i think we're all pretty pretty clearly putting at the bottom uh not as so good right going to game five struggling to put them away not something that builds confidence in me a valiant coming off of a near miss with the mayhem going to game five ultimately losing i'll give them a map i i think they are good enough for a map i think toronto is there's there's questions to be left you know there's there's questions for me to see answered and i think this is going to be the game to see them answered um does this meta deviation help them or hurt them is there more to this than maybe we're necessarily letting on i know that uh their content uh team has been you know producing source code for a couple of years i caught the la- latest episode uh there's some comments in there that i was very intrigued by let's say we will have to see what that looks like um some that i think you've kind of hinted at as well yeah i think valiant are probably good for one maybe two we're going to have to see what Toronto shows up on on the day because what I've seen thus far is not what I was hoping for because it's been rough. It's been rough. Eric, not bad, getting, just rough. Eric, you're also getting, uh, you know, peer pressure marketplace. You also got to give Valiant one. Lock it in. <laughs> I can't, won't say for me. No! <laughs> <laughs> he only gets three O's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, All right. We're moving on. Vegas, Glads, three Overwatch. Yeah. Yep. yep. Glads weps him up. Uh, I hate to say this is another three Overwatch, yeah, but the Houston Outlaws and the Shock, that's three Overwatch. Now, Houston wins. Joe, this is also the, the game where um, Outlaws goes 2 two zero up. No, stop it. Shock stop brings it. it back to a 2 2, and then Shock no. loses it on, on no. third. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think on my pickums, I didn't give him a map. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I almost kind of expect Shock to have their best performance in recent times against Stop. the Outlaws. I mean, yeah, it would be very fitting for them to just like play up to their opponent. I know that that's going to be like an immediate narrative if that does happen. Um, like, oh yeah, we just we didn't care so much about like that's the level. Like, if that's the level of copium that we're at, then yeah, maybe I'll just hop on the Twitter bandwagon and be like, oh well, proper didn't have his seat warmer at the right temperature and. Oh, the room was too moist. Like, come on, guys, stop. Um, if they do, great. I'll judge that when I see it. Sure. Uh, from the performance that I've seen, the tank line's woeful. The support line is absent, to say the least. And this is the proper show. Go back. Even the macro, which is crazy to say, but it may be a little bit explainable if you're going to point to a, like a meta deviation. Bro, I didn't like fucking Sombra May when the Mayhem ran it in Goats, okay? I don't know why Krusty's crack pipe has told him to play May Sombra, but it's clearly not working. Please stop it. Yeah. Put proper on Sojourn or Tracer and just let him carry you to a maybe a map win. That's the only way that I see them winning a map is if literally the best player in the game currently lifts them over the line, kicking and screaming 1v, 1v10. Maybe then you get a map. All right. Uh, Boston defined. Uh, Boston in 3-1. Okay. 
Uh, I don't hate that. I think I might even say three. Yeah, depending on what Toronto shows up. Yeah, I think three one is probably most likely. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Glad's Titans. Glad's Titans. I'm gonna say three two Glad's. I'm not that delusional. I'd be selling you wolf tickets if I said that the Glads were bad. I think they are pretty good. Um, I think their meta interpretation probably does fit. Um, we're seeing more hit scan. We're seeing the success of the hit scan. Um, that said, I think people are going to wake up to the idea that the Vancouver Titans are actually a mid table team. So I think they are going to take it to Glads. Have you? Have you sacrificed a goat yet and used its blood to... No. Or See, dog? that's the magic of not having scrim bucks. I, I get to just, you know, I get to earn this for me. I, I made a read. Was it a gamble? You bet your sweet ass it was. Is it paying off? So far, so good. I'm, I'm not going to Wall Street's bet this because it looks, it looks good now. I'm I I'm not I don't have diamond hands. If this if this shit goes off the rails, I'm not going to I'm not going to chill for a team that's just poop. This team's just good. Dude, like it's, team- it's like okay. Um right. So, uh the the shocker shit this year. Yeah. Okay. Um Dallas is not an NA. Okay. Yeah. But Valiant is. What? <laughs> True. <laughs> okay. <laughs> London is also not doing this well. NYXL is not either. Um, we have a very clear certification. Okay, that's believable. Um, now the Vancouver Titans uh, beat the San Francisco Shock. At some point, maybe, like, you know, there's witchcraft involved. Maybe, like, maybe you're guilty. Maybe the glove does indeed fit. Okay. You, you fucking demon. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the demon. I like to think that I'm climbing the karmic ladder in my previous life. I, I just earned what this did, through What did you deeds. do? What, yeah, okay. What did I you don't do know. It's not up for me to decide. That's for my past life to have written. Okay, that's not that's what, what not my that's not be? my doing. What would what, what, huh? what, what would you have been in your last life? A, a great dog. Do I, I do I give like great leader energy? Do I great? Do I am I a great warrior that help conquer nations and provide for his people? Uh, no, I'm a fucking dude. I'm a good lap dog. Okay, Eric, I I bet Joe was like a. Uh, if you get this, you're educated. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first dog in space. That yeah, never that, that was shot up. That never had a return plan made for him. <laughs> Because There's a couple of animals any, like that, right? Anything less noble wouldn't deserve the type of luck you're experiencing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this Lord Pen is under some fucking voodoo shit. Uh, the other alternative is that I, I don't know, like, I drowned a litter of puppies in, my, in a past life or something <laughs> like that. You want to put a ball. You want to put a ball. Something is converging here. It's crazy. It is a little bit of a convergence, I will say. It, it is prime time narrative hours. I'm just saying, Overwatch League, let's get the Lord Bet rolling. I know Punk's dad's in on this. Let's let's keep it going. Hashtag Lord Bet on Twitter. You let, got, let the people know where you got to see this. London, this you got to throw me one. Dear content. Dude, L- London, you got to throw me one. Hadi. I was very <laughs> yeah, close. Yeah, they're, gonna, to they're certainly going to throw you team. one. Please, one time. Chris, yeah. one time. 
Like no, I they need get it on one. Shambali. They I, get it when they can play Rush, and then they lose. I I need an unexpected one. Okay, like you got an unexpected one in the shock one. That wasn't calculated. To. Give me the London one. Okay, that's <laughs> that would be you know comic justice. Bring the universe in balance once again. I don't know about that one. But yes, I have the Glads winning. I think it'll be close. I think people are gonna wake up to the idea that I've, you know, what they're gonna they're gonna buy into the church. They're gonna they're gonna buy into the Titans a little bit. I think uh I think they're cooking. So Glads ultimately wins though. Uh London, Houston, uh a three overwatch Houston. Yeah. Yes. Because now. London already blew their load against Titans, of course. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 counterstrated just for you to to set the universe right. If they don't win, that's the one thing you have to do all season. Uh, just peek here. After that, like a like a salmon, <laughs> he's just gonna use you and abuse you. Like, he's gonna throw you back in the river. Like like a salmon after juicing off, you can just <laughs> fucking die as long as you do that for me. Okay. Oh, how how shameful of you! How dare you! Okay. We've got the Valiant, we've got the Shock. An unexpected toilet bowl, but a toilet bowl nonetheless. Ah, come on, this is 3-0. I don't... <laughs> I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think it's probably 3-1, but at this point, I don't know. If nah, you can't put dude. away the... If you can't put away NYXL, I think they're better than Valiant, but it's going to take a beating, bro. Seeker is going to take a map off of proper put the, let that let that simmer but that's the reason why i don't think this will happen is because the reason why valiant makes it close Stop. is because no. of seeker and i think like if you're like if you're trying to just like deadlift against each other i i just think like most of the time proper will just wear you as a sock puppet <laughs> i mean sure but they again they were losing maps to fits on support bro come on yeah that ain't good. That's not that's not a good look. I think Valiant's good for one, and I think that's where we're at. Maybe maybe that changes versus Houston if they show up and they look gangbusters. Maybe it's a trio. I don't know. But until I see till I see a beating heart out of this team, it's DOA. It's it's a it's a it's a fucking it's a it's a case, and they're catching it all right. Ugh. All right, we have been here far too long. Yep. Episode two ninety six is wrapping up it is fizzing down is that a reference to the thumbnail maybe i don't know you have to figure that out for yourself uh what's coming up you're going to msi yeah um yeah i'm leaving friday morning uh, uh to watch some league of legends professional league of legends uh in london mm -hmm. should be sweet um looking forward to once again getting new impressions on how other uh esports operate Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, we'll report back what the what the differences are. I'm sure like the production quality will be uh incredible. Of course, like it's it's a little disingenuous in the sense that like I'm I'm only going there during the um final stays, which are likely to have the highest production because that's when the biggest arenas being are being chosen. Um but theoretically, like this is this should be a good measurement stick to you know, holds against our mid-season invitational. Not that I expect ours to be as big as MSI, realistically. But it's good to compare notes, you know, look at ideas that uh, are being implemented in the way it's presented, 
maybe mm -hmm. even what kind of opportunities are there and also what kind of people are around, right? Like, um, I'm always super interested by longer living scenes because there's a lot of wisdom yes. and a lot of great uh, just experience going around of folks that also just are interestingly generally interested uh, in esports at large and it's in its continued success that all have at least ancillary knowledge or uh, proxy knowledge of other esports they're always like also looking a little bit past the confines of their own scene mm -hmm. and it's always really interesting to have meta discussions uh, on esports winter um, how should esports be promoted what values are there what things can one learn from the other like for instance currently like i'm workshopping a um a an article and i probably will ask that at leak and then uh, at the leak uh, msi and then we'll bring it out soonish after is the correlation between rate of change and severity of changes to career okay. longevity okay so uh -huh. Notoriously, our um, our careers are shorter than in other esports. I think sure. um, a large part of that is rate of change and how often people the game changes to a degree that it does no longer facilitate the specific skills that people either have grinded up for or have been selected towards. And the mm -hmm. biggest difference being, like, for instance, like, we practically switch genres between GOATs and uh, regular season play, right? A lot yeah. of the, those guys have transitional properties in their play. Um, but very, very often, like, careers of high-profile players are just cut short by the meta switching in a particular way, therefore giving them uh, an inopportune situation. So... Like, as that volatility is introduced into other scenes, for, for instance, CS with CS2, maybe we will see some shakeups there. And also, for instance, Dota had a massive changes. How does it work in terms of the filtering process and or how uh, careers, like, can you see more retirements after bigger changes? Is that a social mm -hmm. component or is that actually a component of um, performance declining as new sort of selective pressures are put on pro players is the rate of change filtering for people that can work longer hours rather than like stack up knowledge that eventually helps them um, figure out situations that are less well known how to solve for younger or less experienced professionals um, I'm looking at all of those things and I'll eventually I'll just uh, compress it into one article, but that's that's a... While there won't be scientific data, there will be feedback from professional players of all those scenes, and they really unpromptedly come up with a theory that rate of change is a huge part of volatility with other... Like, for instance, um, league play into uh, tournament play or vice versa being the other big component of uh, volatility. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's only kind of providing evidence for some stuff that I think you've been kind of like banging the drum on for a long time that, you know, at the the speed at which this game fundamentally changes, 
and the the sandbox that we've been given for such a long time uh not only does the sandbox demand a whole hell of a lot of its players but changing what sand we're playing with on a near constant monthly basis uh makes it so that you're really burning out of uh sand architects to to play within the metaphor so yeah no that is that is pretty fascinating to hear some professionals outside of the space kind of reflect and and uh kind of give some give some pretty insightful analysis on what what kind of uh creates a a lasting product for uh the the performers right um we get to we get to see them every day perform but you know what what really goes on behind the scenes how can you really kind of keep up on on things and try to keep your you know big bunny ears for the audio listeners but health uh as as high as it can be your career health if if that makes more sense um Another thing that I, I will celebrate you for is I think um, you definitely uh, I, I think it's always interesting to hear the um, the the I think the the age old motto or mantra rather of, you know, taking. Seeing seeing your own seeing either maybe yourself or something through the lens of another um, aspect. Right, like appreciating or depreciating a little bit on Overwatch uh, from experiencing the Dota Major or from MSI. Um, that's always something that I think you can do uh, with, I think, in life, really. Um, like just trying to unpack strategies or macro or whatever. Like there's so many bits and pieces of other esports that uh, it, it just find homes everywhere, right? Um, there, there are like universal truths to a lot of these games. Funnily enough, um, they're pretty general, but they they certainly help you apply things. So for anybody who's new, maybe to Overwatch, I know we kind of talked about like localization and how that may you know have attracted a certain particular audience. Um, I would definitely, if you want to get better at understanding Overwatch or anything in general, really, uh, try to see it from a, a different angle or try to see. Uh, how the neighbors play their game right um it, it definitely makes for some some interesting reflection on on your own space um anything else coming down the pipeline um i mean there's a bunch of content pieces that are sort of like more in the general esports space sort of interpreting what uh, what kind of learnings there are um considering like i'm much more comfortable in Overwatch, I think there will always be a slant that could be interesting to other folks. Um, maybe it's also the time where, during which, like a lot of those who have been interacted by the uh, by the sports business models and find out, oh, that esports thing is actually really scratching my competitive itch. Let's see what other games are out there. Um, maybe could help inform because I think, like generally speaking, folks like to align with others of you know a, a similar maturity a similar um uh view on things um there were some things about the dota crowd that i found very admirable and i that, that vibed with me way more and to have these insights um is is always rather interesting um because I think if you can enjoy one core competitive experience and then also enjoy the game, then esports always is, can be a thing for you in all other games. For me, usually it breaks down at the game level, 
not necessarily too much at the community because you know, generally speaking, you can create your own around it, right? There's always some lunatics that vibe more with you, but also still enjoy the game. So that's never really a prohibitive <clears throat> aspect. No, I, I, I think that's something that uh, I've, I've definitely uh, honed in on when it comes to content creation. Is like as long as you're, you have like a, an idea of who you are, not in the vapid sense, but like really deep down, um, and you align your content with that idea of who you are. Uh, I think you'll find your people eventually. It'll take some time. You'll you'll find who you're making who, who who you're writing for you're making videos for or you're creating podcasts for I think I think you'll find your people, um, and yeah, some interviews coming for me. Uh, some stuff happening. Uh, yes, I think uh, if you read between the lines, I think I said it earlier. Uh, we're coming back tomorrow to record another show about the the lovely PVE topic. Um, and we will also be doing APAC preds, hopefully. So stay tuned for that if you're interested in those. Uh, that being said, we're already two hours deep, so episode 296 is in the books. We love you. We'll see you next week. Adios. Peace.